so tonight I'm going to be talking about the forgiveness practice. And we could really think of this or consider this to be uh, the fifth Brahma-Vihara. I've been talking over the last four months about the four official Brahma-Viharas. And if you would like those talks, if you miss them, uh, you can... Um, Join my newsletter, so I don't talk about that often, but I send out a newsletter six times a year, and whenever I have new talks or interviews, videos, I announce those as well as events and other things. Uh, and then uh, at some point, they will be posted on Dharma Seed, where they can also be listened to along with all my other talks for free, and you're welcome to make a donation to Dharma Seed if you like. Um, and I also... Uh, and was invited a few years ago to join a platform to be one of the founding teachers of Inner Craft, where I have a whole workshop on the Brahma Viharas, including the forgiveness practice that I'll be talking about tonight, as well as workshops on Samatha, Vipassana, and what is awakening. And my Zogchen workshop will be posted soon. So you can check that out for free for two weeks. And then if you want to join up. Uh, you can do that, but the whole heart practices teaching is on there as well. So the practice of forgiveness then, the other four Brahma Viharas um, really cover just about every uh, every human kind of interaction that we can have. The heart practice is really their purification of the heart, and they give us um, the natural response of the heart that is unhindered to the circumstances that we encounter in life with ourselves and with other people and um, help us cultivate an open heart so that really we can stay in the present moment when difficult um, things happen in the world. Oftentimes what I found now that I've been teaching for 16 years, that a lot of times for all of us, the place where it's easiest to shut down or hardest to be present often has to do with the heart, that something's just too painful to um, stay present with and we are overwhelmed by it or we just feel we can't tolerate it, you know, that a lot of things that are going on in the world are so hard to be with and we have to just shut down. Um, and the heart practices really create both strengthen the heart to be present to everything in our own lives, in the world, with others, um, but also a vulnerable heart. So it's kind of paradoxical that when we cultivate a strength and a capacity in the heart to be present to what is really happening for ourselves, for others, for the world, we also are in a way more vulnerable but we find that over time, that vulnerability really makes us invulnerable because we can pretty much be with anything without having to close down. So it's a bit paradoxical. And um, so with the other Brahmaviharas, metta, loving kindness is really kind of the baseline that is the expression of the open heart when things are fairly neutral to be meeting ourselves and others with just, you know, a spirit of well-wishing, with kindness, with a sense of wishing for that person to be having a good day and and um, to, for them to be okay. 
And then um, mudita, empathetic joy, is what can arise when others are having good fortune instead of going into comparing mind or envy, resentment, you know, we can be happy for them. Compassion is what arises when ourselves or others are suffering. So the heart doesn't have to close down because it's too much. We can actually stay right in contact with that suffering and meet it um, with a heart that is, compassion is kind of a balm in our hearts for the suffering of the world that makes it tolerable to be in contact with that and not have to, you know, close down. And then equanimity allows us to be with things that just don't make sense that we feel like we just can't understand things like pandemics or when bad things happen to good people or good things happen to bad people, whatever that is, you know, we, we don't, doesn't make sense. And when we're waiting for the world to be perfect before we can have equanimity, we'll never have equanimity. You know, if that's, if everything has to be the way we want it to, to have equanimity, that's never going to happen. So that practice allows us to find a way to be at peace with things that we can't reconcile. We may still have to take action to, you know, to change oppression or to help with climate change. It's not that we don't act, but we can do it from a place instead of reactivity from a place of equanimity that really understands the first noble truth that the physical human experience is going to always have um, painful, unsatisfying things as part of it. And we can still find a way to be at peace, even in the face of that. So the forgiveness practice is all of the Brahma Viharas are practices that we do not for the other person. We're doing it for our own heart to be purified. So that's a big confusion with these practices is that like somehow if I'm doing, um, you know, compassion practice, for example, that somehow that's going to take your suffering away. That's not, I mean, if it does, that's wonderful, but that's not the purpose of the practice. We're doing it so that our own heart is so strong that when our friend comes to us with their suffering, we don't have to fix or shut down or go numb. We can actually be right in contact with that. That's the best gift we can give to another person who is in pain is to be able to be with them without having to close down or or intellectualize. We can actually let them be right where they are and and not have to, um, you know, leave ourselves or them. And same things with ourselves. So with forgiveness, we're not doing forgiveness for the other person. It's not really about the other person. It's about us being able to put down this thing that is just nagging at us that we can't let go of. That is really what forgiveness is about. It's not saying that um, they are what the other person did was okay. Or say if that, that person does the same thing, we might, you know, try to change that situation. So we're not by undertaking forgiveness or the forgiveness practice 
It's really about our own heart. When we're holding on to a grievance, it's uh, one of the things about holding on to a grievance, whether it's towards someone else or towards ourselves, or the way we harm ourselves, or the th- unskillful things that we have done. Maybe we can't forgive ourselves, and that's the hardest place to be. Often it is someone else who has harmed us, and they may have legitimately harmed us. Harm happens, and people are discriminated against and oppressed, and, you know, people act out of hatred and ignorance. So, you know, we're not saying that there isn't a reality of that. All we have to do is look at the news to see that there's a reality there. And if somebody comes at us with a knife, you know, we get out of the way. We're, you know, we need to feel that we can um, take wise action for our own well-being. So again, forgiveness isn't saying that if there's harm happening that we don't have a right to still act to offset that. What forgiveness does, though, is that it takes away that sense that, you know, it's often said something like anger or the the kind of um, holding of grievances is like drinking poison and expecting it to affect the other person, you know, the other person may not even know that we haven't forgiven them. Maybe they do know, and maybe it does bother them. Maybe it's poisoning both people. But a lot of times when somebody's harmed us, they may not even think they have harmed us. And it may not affect them at all that we're holding this grievance. So really, in a case like that, it is like drinking poison and thinking somehow us like hanging on to this thing is going to, um, hurt the other person when really what we do know for sure is that it's hurting us. Because a lot, lot of times with a lack of forgiveness, we find ourselves running over it and over it. I see this a lot on retreat when I teach long retreats. Often at the end of those retreats, I will do this meditation and you know, almost everyone in the room is crying or a lot of people because they've been in touch with the places that they're still ruminating about something that they did to someone else that they feel shameful about or that was done to them that harmed them and they just can't let go of. And there is a place in us that actually if we feel into hatred and anger, why would we hold on to hatred and anger? Well, there's something in us that it's kind of like reclaiming some of our power. That if somebody harmed us, we often feel victimized by that. And when we hold on to a grievance, there's a self-righteous aspect to it that can actually, on the surface, it feels kind of satisfying, you know? Like if I just hang on to this, you know, somehow I've um, like won or I've tried to win or get back at them or something, you know, there can be that sense at a surface level, but when we really feel into it more deeply, almost always we feel that it, it's scratchy and it, we can feel the defilement in it for ourselves. We can feel that underneath that self-righteousness or, or the shame, you know, what would be good about feeling ashamed of something we've done and holding on to that? Well, 
part of us often believes that if we hold on to that, that we won't do it again, that it'll keep us from doing that, that, you know, unskillful thing again. And so that's why we keep, you know, um, you know, flagellating ourselves with it, whipping ourselves with, with it. Um, but really, we're, when, when we're in this, we're still caught in defilements. We're caught in the, you know, the poisons of the mind. And we can really learn a lot better from something when we're seeing it without the reactivity that holding grievances includes. When we can see it with more objectivity, it's a more mature place from which to learn. So this is why even if it's ourselves that we can't forgive, forgiving ourselves can give us a sense of um, wisdom that uh, punishing ourselves doesn't quite have. So we do forgiveness for our own well-being, for our own peace of being able to let go to being able to let go of that thing that we may have been holding on to for decades. And the other person may even be dead and we're still holding on to it, you know? Um, and it's, it's such a sad thing because there is a way where, um, especially when it's the, the lack of forgiveness is towards someone else, there can be cycles of lack of forgiveness that just never end. You know, a lot of the wars and feuds, gang fights, you know, all these things, you you see it and that desire for revenge can never really be satisfied. So lack holding a grievance isn't quite the same as a desire for revenge, but there is a little bit of that inside. Like if you feel into it, if it's with another person, the lack of forgiveness, there's a way that holding on to it can feel a little bit like I'm getting revenge for what they did. So, you know, forgiveness, it's something that we can't really make ourselves do. It's uh, its like relaxing. Like if you say, okay, make I'm going to make myself relax now. You know, you can't really do it because there's a point beyond which there's a forcing that just gets in the way of relaxing. So forgiveness is kind of like that too. We can't really make ourselves forgive, especially when it's with someone else. There has to be a ripening. So it may be something that we come back to many times, especially in cases where somebody really has legitimately harmed us, you know? Um, so we don't want to force it. We don't want to make ourselves go somewhere. We're just inviting, like the Buddha talked about, you know, a lot of times with meditation, one of the things we see is the places where we are hurting inside. And he talked about that being a hot coal, but until we really meditate, a lot of times we don't even know we're holding a hot coal, but when we know we're holding it, what's good about that is sometimes we can let go because we feel how much we're hurting by holding that. And this is where a lack of forgiveness, it really often does really feel like a, a hot call because it, uh, like sometimes we know we want to let go and we just can't. 
you know? And so this is where having compassion for ourselves and for all that we went through in that case, or even if it's forgiving ourselves that we can't do, we, we can feel the hot coal and that can be helpful too, is just to, to let ourselves be with the way in which we suffered as, as a result of this and, and to, to just like incline towards forgiving. Even if we incline towards it, sometimes over a period of time, even years, we can find that there's a little bit more that's naturally arising from within us of the letting go of that grievance and being able to forgive and and put down that thing that we're holding on to. The beginning of the year, this, you know, being January and a new year can be a really good time to, um, to feel into the forgiveness practice because we're starting fresh. And that's one of the things that forgiveness can, uh, let happen is to start fresh to just go, you know, I really have the aspiration to put this down. So that that part of my psyche that's holding on to this can be freed up for something else that's more generative, that's more, uh, more healing, that's more, more positive. And, um, and it can help to know that if, you know, in, in a case where it's something someone else did, that we can still take steps to protect ourselves. Like, for example, if someone's harmed us and we forgive we feel forgiveness for them doesn't mean we have to be in contact with them. We don't have to tell them. So we don't have to set ourselves to be harmed, harmed by the person again. That's not what forgiveness is about. So just, you know, to, to give some boundaries that, um, that it is wise to know, to be you know, conscious about what situations we put ourselves in. And just because we've forgiven someone doesn't mean that we let them harm us again. So just to say that, you know, that I think there can be a lot of confusion about forgiveness that like um, if we are in a, what we would consider to be an abusive relationship, just because we've forgiven someone inside doesn't mean that now they can do whatever that thing was again. So, you know, just to say that, that there's a wise action that is also part of forgiveness. And when we're forgiving ourselves, this is where part of what we're working with internally is like, if we did something unskillful, we don't want to do that again, but we don't have to be beating ourselves up to not do that again. We could look objectively at the places where maybe we weren't as developed as we would like to be. Maybe we weren't as skillful. And um, it can be a spurring us on to learn things, to grow and develop as a person. So sometimes when we do this, it can actually free up the energy that we're using on feeling guilty or feeling shame and turn that into growth and learning and development so that we actually become wiser and more skillful instead of just, you know, um, using that energy to, um, to beat ourselves up. So I'm going to um, go through the meditation and it's a guided meditation. And 
I'll read some of it. And then it's at three different parts. There's three aspects of forgiveness, um, forgiving way ourselves for ways we've harmed others. That's the first. The second is forgiving ourselves for ways we've harmed ourselves. And then the third is, if we're ready, forgiving others to whatever extent we can for ways that they have harmed us. So I'll actually read through those sections and I'll ask you to unmute yourselves and repeat after me. So when I do that, I have done this on Zoom before, and it's kind of funny because everybody with the internet connections kind of comes in at a different time. But there is something really powerful about hearing each other and about doing the repeating together, even with Zoom, that I would encourage you to do. So I'll let you know when you can unmute yourself and repeat. And then afterwards, we'll have some questions. So, um, but I think for now, let's just hold it until we've actually done it. So this practice is from Jack Cornfield, who was one of my very early Buddhist teachers uh, many, many years ago. Gosh, probably about 30 years ago, I went to my first Buddhist meditation retreat with Jack Cornfield. And um, anyway, this is from his book, A Path with Heart. It's also available on the internet and it's on the Intercraft site uh, as well. And I'm going to read it pretty much the way that he's written it. It's called The Practice of Forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the key arts of a spiritual practice because it allows us to release the past and start anew in life. Without forgiveness, it's always the Hatfields and the McCoys repeating the cycle over and over. After the Great Holocaust in Cambodia in 1979, I, and Jack Cornfield speaking of himself, was there with one of my teachers in a refugee camp. And that teacher, I believe, was Ugo Sananda. Um, even though he was warned by the Khmer Rouge not to do so, he set up a Buddhist temple in the midst of the camp. All of the refugees were told if they came to this temple, they might be killed. Nevertheless, on the day he rang the bell to open the temple, 25,000 people gathered around him. My teacher began the ancient chanting that had informed everyone's spiritual life in Cambodia before the revolution. And the people sat down and began to weep. All he did was recite a simple phrase from the time of the Buddha, which goes, Hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone is healed. This is the ancient and eternal law. He recited it over and over in Cambodian and Sanskrit. And as people heard it, they began to chant it with him. Those people knew as much about pain and injustice as anyone I have seen on the earth. But somehow as they chanted, you could feel that the truth in their words was even greater than their sorrow. Forgiveness is available to each of us through a traditional Buddhist meditation. 
There are three parts to learn, all of which use traditional and ancient phrases. In the first part, we ask forgiveness for having hurt others. And the second, for how we have hurt ourselves. And thirdly, we forgive others who have hurt us. Sit and become aware of your natural breath. When you center yourself, breathing in and out of your heart, the forgiveness meditation begins. Feel the meaning and intent of each word. So I'll start part one, and in a minute I'll start the phrases, and I'll stop, and then you can repeat after me, and then I'll go on to the second phrase. So if you don't mute yourselves now, that would be great. So in part one, we say, there are many ways that I have hurt and harmed others. There are many ways that I have hurt and harmed others. Knowingly and unknowingly in this life. Knowingly and unknowingly in this life. Many times that I have caused sorrow. Many times that I have caused sorrow. Betrayed or abandoned others. Betrayed or abandoned others. I remember these now. I remember these now. I feel these. I feel these. In the many ways I have hurt and harmed others. In the many ways out of my fear, out of my pain or confusion. I ask their forgiveness. I ask their forgiveness. May I be forgiven. May I be, May I be, forgiven. be forgiven. And we'll sit now for a couple of minutes silently.
The second part of this meditation is toward ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. To sit in this way is to extend great mercy and compassion for the struggles of our own lives. And we'll start with the repeating. In this we say, there are many ways I've harmed myself. There are many ways I have harmed myself. Knowingly and unknowingly. Knowingly and unknowingly. Abandon or betray myself. Abandon or betray myself. Cause myself pain. Cause myself pain. I remember these now. I remember these now. I feel the sorrows I have caused myself. And in the many ways I've hurt or harmed myself. And in the many ways that I've hurt or harmed myself. Out of my confusion, out of fear and pain. Out of my confusion, out of fear and pain. I offer myself forgiveness. I offer myself myself forgiveness. May I be forgiven. May I be forgiven. And now we'll sit for a couple of minutes with this. Finally, we direct forgiveness toward those who have harmed us. There are many times each of us has been betrayed or hurt by others. We each have our measure of sorrows in this life. Let yourself feel the ways others have harmed you. And in this we say, and now you can repeat, in the many ways others have hurt me, in the many ways others have hurt me, 
abandoned or betrayed me. Knowingly or unknowingly. Unknowingly. Out of their confusion, out of their anger and pain. Out of their confusion. Out of their fear and ignorance. I see these now and feel what I have carried. And to the extent that I am ready, I offer forgiveness. I release you. I release my hatred and anger if I am ready. I release my hatred and anger if I am ready. I will not put you out of my heart. I will not put you out of my heart. And you can go ahead and, and mute yourself, and then we'll stay with this for a couple of minutes. After the practice of forgiveness, let yourself feel the breath gently in your heart. Again, as if you could breathe easily in and out of your chest. I hope that you can use this practice little by little in your life. It can help you find that place of calm and centeredness and compassion 
and peace that is the birthright of every human being. Okay, so we have some time for questions or comments about this practice or any of the heart practices. Yeah, Steve. Hi, Tina. Hi. Thank you for this offering. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So two things. One is I'm just curious. Um, is there some speculation by scholars as to the reason the Buddha did not include this as a Brahma Vihara? As a Brahma Vihara? <laughs> And the second question is, which I seem to ask a lot when you're here, is what can you sort of just elucidate more about how one lets go? It, it seems like that's an effort, and I I often just get stuck on that, like let let go, you know, forgive. Mm-hmm. So I just was wondering if you could comment on on that also. Yeah, sure. You know, it's a great question, and I don't actually know the answer to that about the scholars. Um, uh, Does anyone else here know the answer to that? Okay, yeah, I don't know, but that would be a great thing to find out. So maybe I'll see if I can find out the answer to that. Uh, I don't know, and, you know, it may have just been that – well, I won't speculate. I have no idea what the answer to that is. So, um, but yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, I've started really including it, uh, because it is, it's a place where people have a lot of pain. You know, it's, it's, it can go on a long time. And I think a lot of the human injustices and harm that's happened. I mean, look at what's going on in Russia and Ukraine right now. You know, it's long, old lack of forgiveness and, you know, a lot of history, a lot of human sufferings happen from it. So, um, yeah, so how to let go? You know, I think some of, with this in particular, I think part of why we, there are a lot of reasons why we don't forgive, and I tried to cover those in the talk. You know, we think that if we forgive, somehow it's saying that what, especially if it's another person or even if it's ourselves that somehow is saying that what that person did was okay when that's when we're using it in this way that when talking about here is a spiritual practice that's not what we're doing so that can cause us you know I sometimes when I'm working with people one-on-one we'll spend a lot of time on on that and what it would really mean and feel like for them to forgive. Does it mean that that person who, you know, people had a lot of bad things done to them, you know, people who were, were abused or molested as children and things, you know, it's hard to forgive an adult who did that to, to a child. If you were that person who suffered your whole life from that, you know, so it, it's like really working through what would it mean to do that? Is it meaning somehow I'm saying that that what they did was okay that's not what it is so so that can be a place where it can be hard to forgive if we think that's what it means um so that's one way that we can feel into it if 
we're having a hard time is it's like, what beliefs do I have about it? And are those really true in this context? Um, uh, that can be a place where it's hard to let go. We can also, there can be some confusion that if I forgive, then I, it doesn't, it means I can't like be an activist for social change. And that isn't what it means. We can forgive and still work to make the world better and to stop injustices and, and things that we feel shouldn't be happening. It doesn't mean all of a sudden we can't act to make the world better. So that's another place where forgiving can make it feel like then we just become passive about it. And that isn't what it means. Really, if we're coming into a situation where we're trying to, say, advocate for climate, um, you know, t- to help the climate crisis or to work to reverse oppression and, and injustice, um, we can do that a lot better when we're not triggered and reactive. So, you know, but it can feel like that's an implication. So those would all be things to work with would be like, what is it that's keeping me from forgiving? And do, are those really true? Um, and also feeling what feels good about not forgiving. If we can do it without judging ourselves, what are we hanging on to? Are we hanging on to a hatred and anger because it's somehow giving us a feeling of power. It's a false power and a false strength, but sometimes if we felt victimized, it is better than nothing. But really the most powerful place we can be is to be able to be in the present moment in touch with our deeper nature. And when we're in the the defilements, we can't be in touch with our deeper nature, you know? So there's a way where, um, it can really require some deep work. Like, you know, sometimes it can be helpful to just set an intention, like for the year to work towards forgiveness of a person and to not put pressure on ourselves. Again, not do it from a super ego standpoint, like, oh, you're spiritual, you're Buddhist, so now you should forgive them. Not like that, but from more of a real place of really, Wanting to be free ourselves, you know, wanting to put it down because we're suffering as a result and really seeing that we're taking the poison. We want to stop taking the poison. And what will that mean? And and journaling, you know, some talking with a a spiritual friend or a teacher can be another place. So those are, but we can't, this is one of those things, we can't do it through sheer will. Yeah, thank you, though, for the question. It is, it's a hard one, and that maybe this is why the Buddha didn't include it as one of the Brahma Viharas, because it is, um, well, they're all hard in their own way, so... Other questions or comments? Mary, has your hand up? Oh, no, sorry. I just had my pointer over over your picture. Other questions or comments? Yeah, Joe Beth. Well, I have a, uh, I've had a very long process of letting go of some very deep anger from the childhood abuse of a 
an alcoholic family. And um, it's been a very long journey. And when it happened, um, it was just when I really got to the end of it and could. Um, and the process included uh, counseling and and 12 yeah. step work and. A lot of knowledge as well as as introspection and reading yeah. Jack Cornfield's book and uh, many years of practice. And it was I was doing walking meditation with some friends and. Uh, and in the middle of the walking meditation, I had this tremendous bodily feeling of something lift some some energies lifting off of out of my body and disappearing. And I knew instantly that that's what it was. And wow. all this deep anger that I had accumulated and over this process, it just it vanished and it totally changed the way I related to people after that because mm. I didn't have this. And I just, this somewhere along the way, I picked up this uh, phrase, Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Mm. And I just love that phrase. And because that really what it feels like to me, it mm. was a long, a long journey to give myself that gift, but every minute of it was worth it. And, and, and of course it's, it's a little easier now if I remember that phrase to go ahead and, and, uh, if things happen along the way, but nothing has ever been as hard to forgive as as that childhood yeah so and I that's all my due to my practice so so grateful for that Mm, thank you for sharing that It, it's uh and I love seeing the joy in your face as you're talking about it too and it is it's you know, it is the gift you give yourself and, and all the things you did, you, you know, it's a fruit of your practice. Mm-hmm. It's a fruit of your practice that you can be all that kind of, of, um, completion around, around that for yourself. And, um, you know, counseling can be therapies, a, a tremendous asset, especially in really, you know, substantial situations like that when you know as as uh, it when we're in a situation where the other person has so much more power than us and we were um harmed uh all we really have a lot you know people either go to collapse or they go to anger and hatred to get some kind of sense of power and strength and to give that up to give that up can feel like a a lot to give up because it's all we had at the time and we needed it you know we needed it to feel like we had something so um so that's why we don't force it because we want to be gentle with ourselves, because the reason we're holding on to these things is in part because we need to hold on to them until we don't anymore. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? Okay, well, that seems like a good place to stop then. And may we all find our own wisdom with gentleness, with kindness towards ourselves and 
and towards the world to know that we are all beings, regardless of how much harm they're doing, that's actually the best they can. And that applies to us as well. If we've done harm, that we're having a hard time forgiving in ourselves. But there is a great mercy in that. And when I think about the Cambodian people, you know, and all that, what Jack was talking about, all they went through and their desire, their aspiration to forgive the harm that was done to them. Uh, it's very inspiring to me that they would show up even though they might be killed to do this practice. So may we carry this in our hearts and little by little be able to put down these hot coals of lack of forgiveness. I'll see you next month. Good night. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome to unmute and say goodbye to everyone if you want. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much, Tina. Good night. Thank you, Beth. Good night. Thank you, Jobeth. Yes, thank you, Jobeth. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.